Hello, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast for this week. This week, we're talking about understanding the four-day work week. I've seen a lot of news stories about a lot of companies trialing it. So if you wanted to get your head around what it really means, this is a great place to start. Have a magical week. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Magical Learning Podcast. Uh, Thanks for joining us this week. I am back, but I wanted to quickly start off by saying thank you to Graham last week. Great job as a host. That was awesome. So uh, great work, and I hope everyone enjoyed that conversation last week. Sorry I couldn't be there. Um, Yeah, no worries. Uh, So this week, we're going to be talking about a hot topic that I've seen uh, in a lot of places called understanding the four-day work week. But before we get to that, let's check in with who's on the call today. So we'll start with our host from last week. Graham, how are you going this week? I'm good, Jess. Thank you for asking. Uh, We're home. It's Friday, so that's automatically exciting because there's only three more sleeps until Monday. Um, I I wanted to... um, share the the appreciation for last week's um podcast success with everybody else because i think it was a, it definitely a team job uh, yeah i was pretty awesome actually <laughs> yeah oh you were now that I, thank you john thank you uh no i'm good mate i'm good thanks awesome awesome yeah well great job and great job to everyone john's looking a little bit dismayed so i'll throw it to him john how are you going this week <laughs> oh look i'll be glad when today's over or this week's over but I was telling Graham and Danette during the week, uh, I actually listened to a couple of the podcasts last weekend. I went for a walk and, and um, two things sort of struck me that one of them was some of the answers I was nodding to going, yeah, I could do something with that, not realising that I was part of the podcast at the time as, as well. It was like, and then I spoke and I went, oh, shit, is that real? Is that actually, can I say that? But fortunately, Spotify and using Anchor allows us to do these things, does it not, Jess? It does, it does. Um, and the other thing that I, the, that struck me was we actually have fun doing this. Like the interplay between us all is in the banter um, is good. So, yeah, it's a good group. It's enjoyable. And, John, I think you're, you're not even touching on the fact that you've gotten so good at podcasting, you've slipped in a free ad for Anchor there. They're going to be happy at Spotify with us. That might get us a few more listens. So that's just extra skill that you've got there. So thanks for that, John. And, yeah, that's that's a perfect way to listen to it and take away from it. I love it. Um, I also do the same thing. I always listen back and go, wow, that's a good idea. I should do that. So yeah. thanks. <laughs> and, Danette, how are you going today? Yeah, good, Jess. Um, we've had a, a, a good week. We've been in Canberra um, and then back home. We even got our first spa of the winter last night and got to see some planes and things, satellites going overhead because the, the clouds parted and we got some stars, which was awesome. Can I and just, Sorry, can I just um, clarify one point? It's actually the second spa of, of the winter. The first one was a disaster. Oh, that's true. Somebody hadn't turned the, um, the heater up enough. So. <laughs> It was a, uh, and can I say a tepid spa in, in winter? Um, interesting experience. That's what we call a disaster, I believe. It's the uh, official term. Yeah. Anyway, oh, I so... love your sparkling wit. <laughs> oh, we can edit both those out in uh, thanks to Anchor. <laughs> and, and the other thing I was going to say is this weekend we've got um, some friends coming down for a pasta making weekend so we're going to be eating a homemade pasta and the other lovely thing about this past week is we got to catch up with john for dinner so it was so nice to see john in person so that was awesome too 
How was your week, Jez? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that does sound really nice. Yeah, this week has been, uh, for those watching it, uh, the video you'll see behind me, packing boxes and a new background. It's because I've just moved into a new house. So it's been just pretty full on doing that. And uh, I've also just been picking up a lot of extra work. So it's just been a full on week. But this is exciting and uh, we're at the new place. And so, yeah, you'll get to see this new uh, location next week. And you'll see hopefully it a bit cleaner if I uh, get some free time. So fingers crossed on that one. Um, but anyway, before we get into our topic as well, we have to jump into our segment, which is the ML Recommendation. All right. Anyway, so um, this week, uh, our ML recommendation comes from Graham. So, Graham, what have you got for us this week? I um, wanted to share really quickly, and for those of you who are on video, uh, a book called Karma, written by Sadhguru. Um, wow. I had no idea. As it turns out, absolutely no idea what Karma is or was is um, probably a better way of saying it it's a fairly dense book uh it took me a number of a number of attempts to get through it but it's absolutely worth a read um some really quick takeaways if i can karma um in in western society is often sort of represented as this um like balancing act between good and, and bad and if you're bad then karma's going to come back and bite you on the backside at some point um turns out that all of that is just nonsense it's just not true at all karma um so he in the book he talks about karma um is an accumulation of our thoughts and actions basically so we live our karma we are essentially our karma based on what we think what we do throughout our life it's a, another way of thinking it is it's like uh, unconscious software that runs our life uh, the practice of yoga, as it turns out, is in part about uh, releasing our karma, our accumulated karma. So part of the, the path towards um, enlightenment is being able to let go of all of your karma at some point. Anyway, it's, um, it's, it's, it's an amazing read and um, certainly opened my eyes hugely to what is and, and what is not karma um and if you are interested in and again you know spirituality um awareness becoming a better version of yourself then buy the book awesome that sounds really good graham thanks for that pleasure and i love that we've had a sort of different approach each week so this is this is totally a fun one and something that I, when you were saying it just feels like a balancing act or that's what it's portrayed as and this is a, it's a totally different thing that's awesome so i'm excited to take a look and see what that is the uh the book's coming your way on tuesday nice yeah uh because <laughs> cool. Kanika also wanted to read it so you guys awesome. can share fantastic well thanks for that graham and that was Pleasure. our ml that was our ml recommendation awesome all right so let's jump into the topic this week so we've done something similar to this before but i've seen that this is a bit of a newsworthy story because a lot of companies are trying out the four-day work week now just to explain this for people that are wondering what that is so a four-day work week in this case is you're getting a hundred percent of your pay for four days of work now if you're listening to that and going that doesn't make any any sense and that sounds awesome the idea is that you're going to complete a hundred percent of the work that you would do in five days in four days now this is being run as an experiment by and it's been organized by cambridge oxford and box boston college they're doing a mass experiment at the moment they've selected a couple of different um industries and a couple of different companies within those just to test it out and see how it goes so it's a bit experimental at the moment but 
just to give you an idea, so in the UK, they're running it from with everything from a fish and chip shop to a software company to an asset management company to a charity bank. So all of them are trying it out. Um, Australian industries that are trying it are some marketing and comms, health and well-being, and some technology stuff. So it's kind of interesting. But as as we've said before, we've talked about this uh, a little bit before, and I'll link that podcast in this one. But I thought this is a good opportunity to refresh if people are wondering about it and wondering what the four day work week is and some of the benefits. Um, this might be a great place to just sort of summarize that all. So I might start with Danette here. What is making people want a four day work week? So I think COVID's opened our mind up to you know different types of work. And I think one of the things it's highlighted is that work-life balance is super important. And so, you know, lots of people have got kids, they've got parent responsibilities, as in they might be looking after their parents or have carer responsibilities. And so to be able to work for four days and then have a three-day long weekend every weekend just frees up time to get a little bit more of that work-life balance. Um, and also allows people to um, do other, have other interests, to be able to do stuff that maybe doesn't seem like it relates to the work, but actually, you know, might spark some creativity, which they can bring back into the workplace. So they're two benefits, and I'm going to leave some to um, for John and Graham. I can see a lot of benefits in, in this approach. Thanks, Jess. Awesome. Yeah, I love that, and I love that uh, tying it to the COVID uh, thing that's just happened the last couple of years. So that's a great point. Thanks, Danette. John, I might go to you. What's making people want a four-day work week? Well, I guess... The question I had when seeing the topic and not realising you were linking it to the um, the UK studies, but is it a four day, four eight hour days, or is it four ten hour days to make you forty hours? Because we've got to remember that the five day work work week that was sort of an industrial revolution change. Before that, before that, it was six days with a, a day, you know, a day of rest or a day of church or you know. So the five day work week's only been around for over a hundred years, um, and People, are, I agree with Danette, it's that work-life balance. But there have been studies, other studies as well. So Iceland did a study from 2015 to 2019. Um, Japan, Spain, Scotland, UAE, California, they're all, you know, trialling it or, or playing around with this. So there's some merit more than just um, the UK. You know, all over the world, people are, are coming at this and going, yeah, can we get a better balance? And when you think that, you know, from my parents, when I was a kid, you had dad go to work and mum stayed at home and mum looked after the house and did all the chores around the house. Nowadays, it's, you know, double income. So when do you do all the chores around the house? Um, and if that's on a weekend and you've got kids, well, then you're running around kids with sport. Um, you know, you're doing your grocery shopping. When do you actually have time to rest and relax, um, you know, or go to church as they used to do? It's so... You know, there is a big push because our lives have changed from, you know, when it was rolled out back in the US, it became law in 1939 to do a five-day work week. In Australia, it was 1948. Um, so, you know, it's it's already a preconceived idea of five-day work week. Why the hell not? Yeah, yeah I love that, John. And I love that you got the extra... Um little resources and stuff in there, the other countries that have tried it. Love that. That was awesome. Thanks, John. Um, Graham, I'll throw it to you. What is making people want a four-day work week? I think they're just lazy. 
Just get off your backside, people. Come on. I didn't mean that. If I've upset anybody, I apologise profusely. Now, one of the things that stuck out for me in this context, <laughs> that's going to come back to bite me, um, what's making people want a four-day work week? I think one of the things that stood out for me, and this goes back to both John and Danette's points about things like COVID, um, and the the great resignation that's um, been talked about for the last you know, 12, 18 months or so in in places like the US. Uh, so I think one of the things that's happened because of COVID, and I still find it really interesting that we talk about work-life balance and not the other way around. Um, so work is still, you know, it's, it's first and then life is second. And re we really should be looking at life first and then work second. And I think one of the things that's happened because of COVID, uh, the, uh, so many people have had, uh, have been forced to shift to, not working in office, but working from home. And this doesn't apply to everybody, but certainly a lot of people out there. Um, so they have had a very different experience for the last couple of years in terms of what's possible. And suddenly we're realising that, hey, I can actually work from home. I can do the same number of hours, but I can work from home in my jammies. We had uh, we did some work with a client in Canberra last week. And one of the participants, we were talking about, um, you know, working remotely and doing Zoom calls or Teams calls, et cetera. And we were talking about the benefit of having a video on when you're connecting with other people in your team. Uh, and this person said, yeah, I don't turn my video on because I, I normally uh, connect to me meetings in the morning and I'm still in my pyjamas and I haven't done my hair. So I just leave my video. So, you know, it, it shifted fundamentally what we believe is possible because a couple of years ago, the possibility of um, staying home in your jammies and not doing your hair, the only way you could do that is if you took time off or you chucked a sickie. And by the, sorry, for people uh, not familiar with Australian vernacular, that is uh, taking a mental health day. Let's just leave it there. So I think um, one of the things that people are now considering, uh, you know, employees now have a much stronger voice. And I think they're now much more aware that they actually have a voice. Um, and I, we're still sort of playing with the, the where that balance is between having a voice um, and demanding things that they're not necessarily going to get. Um, so I, 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 for me, a lot of it, uh, the people wanting a four-day week, part of it is just understand, recognising that, yeah, work's not as important as I used to think it was. And now I actually believe I have some options that I didn't have before. So the idea of um, working fewer days during the week because I then get to spend more, you know, as John said, uh, I get to spend more time with the kids or more time on the chores because I'm not going flat out of work. I think all of that is starting to open people's um, eyes and, and thinking up to what else might be possible. It's very long-winded answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was awesome. That was really good. I think all three of those answers really put a really nice context around this whole conversation. So I hope um, people that are listening to that took away as much as I did. That was amazing. Thanks, everybody. Great, great first answer. Um, second question, I'll stay with you for this one, Graham. What are some negatives of a five-day work week? Well, again, if I can pinch John's response before, some of them are that you just don't have a lot of time to do the other things that don't relate to your work. Um, the other, I mean, one of the big challenges, and I don't think it really matters um, as much in terms of how many days a week we work, it's more the hours. So, you know, as John pointed out, if we're going to a, a four-day work week, are we then increasing the number of hours we work in a day so that at the end of the week, we're still doing 40 hours? 
um, the negatives of the five-day work week at the moment for a lot of organisations are that people are working longer. And, and apparently, I remember reading something a, a month or so ago, um, the, the work week is longer today than it was 100 years ago, which is bizarre when you think about it because we've got all of this technology that theoretically was going to make our lives easier and, and that hasn't happened. So I think uh, the negatives, uh, all of the stuff that we've seen partly because of COVID, but COVID has, has just masked uh, a lot of issues that were there for a long, long time before the pandemic. Um, stress, burnout, um, you know, relationship issues, poor work quality, poor sleep, all of the health benefits associated with all of that. We've been experiencing that as, as human beings for a long, long time. Um, so shifting to a four-day work week doesn't necessarily fix it. But I think we need to look more at how many hours a week are we working, maybe. Mm, love that. Thanks, Graham. Great answer. Um, John, I'll throw it to you now. What are some negatives of a five-day work week? Well, I was going to go down the same path as Graham. That you know, I'm I'm paid as a contractor to, to do eight hours a day. Now I know I do more than eight hours in my workplace just to get things done. So the amount of time you spend at work over five days is a lot more than what you're probably getting paid for for most people. Now I know swings and roundabouts and all the rest of it. So and then when you think that you've got to travel to work, um, you know, there's another. 20 minutes, half an hour, for some people, two hours that you're adding just to get to work and then you've got to travel the same distance home. You know, that's a huge amount of time on you, you know, out of your life that you stay away from family. I mean, you spend more time here at work than you do with your family because, or engaged with your family because by the time you get home, if you've got kids and young kids, they're probably going to bed early um, and you're sitting up and then you're asleep and then you do you get to see them in the morning. So... The more time that we can spend away from, you know, away from a five-day work week, I think is a, isn't a bad thing, especially if you're going to get paid for it. Awesome, yeah, love that, John. Love that um, that angle as well. That was perfect. Thanks so much, Danette. I'll throw to you. What are some negatives of a five-day work week? Um, so there's a bias, and I can't remember the name, but it, it basically is we we assume that the amount of time people are, are at work, so increasing that equals greater productivity. But the stats and the studies show clearly that that's not the case. So I think it's part of it is even that conversation of, you know, is it about hours? Is it about output? Now, obviously, some industries, it is about hours because, you know, you might be in customer service where you need to be, say, in a supermarket and serving people. And a lot, of, a lot of jobs now are all about, you know, using our brain, coming up with stuff that's creative, et cetera. And working longer and harder, we don't do our productivity going up. We actually, the longer we go on, it goes down. So I think having that five hours and, sorry, five days a week and assuming that that means we're going to get greater productivity, not necessarily. The other thing is, um, and I was reading um, a, an article around this and it was talking about, well, if, if everyone in the team works the same four days and say we were working in the office together, Obviously, that lowers the carbon footprint. So the more days we're in the office, the greater our carbon footprint. And so from a sustainability perspective, that's also something to think about. And if if you are an employer that you know, needs people seven days a week and maybe 24-7, maybe it's an opportunity to bring more people into the workplace. So, you know, we've got a lot of people who are unemployed or underemployed 
maybe it's an opportunity to make things a little bit easier as well because many workplaces I've worked in, people who work part-time are seen as not as committed as full-time workers. So this allows a little bit more of that equal opportunity because, you know, the expectation is, you know, five days a week we expect you to be there and if you're not there five days a week then you're not committed. When we start to look at different ways of working like four days a week, that makes it easier for women um, and carers, not just women, because there's many people who raise children, look after parents, etc. that it might make them easier to be able to work in the workplace and balance their life. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Great, great perspectives again, everybody. I feel like this is such a good podcast. I'm loving it. Um, It's also good because I feel like in this one also, I'm learning a little bit more even from the other podcasts that we did about understanding different ways to work and and stuff like that. There's so much more that I'm even learning from this one. So thanks very much. Great work, everybody. Um, Let's jump into our third question here, which is what are some benefits of trying a four-day work week? And I'll start with you, Danette, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) So I sort of covered a couple in the last one. So it it does allow for a little bit more equality because it's sort of levelling from five days to four days. So that gives more people opportunities to balance their work and their life. So it gives more opportunities for people to to come into the workplace potentially. Obviously lowering our carbon footprint if we're all working in the, the same place. And we just see that with it, you know, increased productivity, employee satisfaction, etc. So there for me are all really good benefits of it. And I think happier people just create a better world. There's nothing worse than people going in on Monday going, oh, is it Friday yet? Because they're just hanging out for that Friday. So maybe it gives people the opportunity to find more of what they love so that they can perhaps do that part-time or maybe it becomes a career later on so i just think it helps us bring out the best in everyone mm. love that thanks, Jess. thanks that's all right thanks Danette. that was that was awesome uh, john i'll throw it to you now what are some benefits of trying a four-day work week well i think it's like anything i mean give it a go what do you got to lose um you know and, and i go back to where i started that a five-day work week was an industrial revolution change turn of the century 1900s um and a lot has changed over those well, 120 years, 100 years that we've since then. Yeah, back then, you know, there's knowledge was doubling every century. Back in the turn of the 1900s, end of World War II, it was doubling every 25 years. And now they reckon that your knowledge is doubling every 13 months. So a hell of a lot has changed since we introduced a five-day work week. And I, I think it's worthwhile having a look at and going, what, is, what do we need now as a population? Um, and as I said, mums and dads, dad go to work, mum would stay at home and rear the kids and, and look after the house. Double income kids, double income families now, or double income no kids, you know, again, that has changed. Um, we didn't have computers back at 1900. Um, we've got computers now, so we can automate a lot of things and we can do things remotely and online. Do we need to be travelling to an office? So, look, the whole workplace has, has changed dramatically over the years. Let's have a look at are we going to be more productive by doing a four-day week as opposed to a five-day week? Let's have a look at it. Let's see where it lands. And, you know, in 100 years' time, we may be having the conversation, do we need a three-day week? Love it. Yeah, thanks for that, John. The, the um, short answer to that question, John, is yes. <laughs> I, I think it's actually a two-day week. <laughs> 
Do I hear one and a half? <laughs> you got me at one. So <laughs> I have to get out of there? You had me at one. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, on that, Graham, I might just uh, throw to you here. What are some benefits of trying a four-day work week? I love John's. Um, yeah, let's just give it a go. And I, I think there's one of the just one of the benefits is let's just try it because um, what we're doing at the moment isn't necessarily working. I also want to go back to Dennett's comment about um, happier people. And uh, it reminded me, you know, word association game going in my head, um, power versus force. Um, David Hawkins book from, from years ago, where we, uh, where he talks about the, you know, the energy that, that we vibrate at as human beings. And what, planet earth would look like if you know half of the population were impressively happy most of the time it'd be just it would be absolutely phenomenal so yeah on, a, on an individual level some of the benefits uh, and again I, it's not so much the four day thing i think is, is maybe looking at how many hours are working and probably more importantly than that um it's it's is the work meaningful um sweden <laughs> The, some of the, the Scandinavian countries just seem to be so much further ahead in some respects. So they apparently went to a six-hour work day and productivity improved. And I think that's not surprising at all. So you know, the, the benefits are not necessarily endless, but I think there are... Uh, and look, realistically, at the end of the day, in capitalism and uh, capitalist societies, um, we just need to find a profit imperative. So I think once corporates, once big business understands how this can work and they can still make money or more importantly make more money, it'll happen overnight. Um, that's that's the, the big sticking point at the end of the day. But I think the benefits are, yeah, if we if we do if we spend less time at work and we spend more time with the people that we care about and um, that makes us happier, more positive, then we're more generous, we're more caring. Yeah, it's just, it's a win-win all around. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for that, Graham. Um, and uh, it's just some some things that have kind of sparked for me just quickly while uh, you've been talking is that um, I think that with how flexible ML's uh, work hours can be, um, that that's actually what allowed us to even start this podcast because it gave me more time to look at how programs work and I was always into podcasts. So now we've ended up with this. So that's a positive out of it, you know, which is kind of cool. Um, but I did also want to mention, I used to work for another company that did try a four day work week um, back in like 20, 2016 or something. Um, but it didn't work for them. So, so it's not going to work for every company. They were, uh, um, they needed stuff done just more daily. But at the end of the day, it is something that I think, you know, at least they tried it. They gave it a three-month go and it was like, it wasn't for us. But it can work for uh, other companies as well. So, yeah, just a bit of a mixed bag. But anyway, uh, Graham, let's grab your final thoughts on understanding the four-day work week. I think it's inevitable. Um, John and Danette, I think, both made some great points around, you know, we're heading in that direction. Let's just make it happen a little faster. It won't be perfect to start with, and who cares? Nothing ever is. Um, and if we, if we start having more conversations around life-work balance, that's where we should start. And again, I, I don't think it's the, the number of days as much as it is the number of hours, as much as it is... Are you doing stuff that has meaning for you in, in terms of the work you do? Mm. Thanks, Jess. 
Love that. Thanks, Graham. Great, great response. John, uh, final thoughts on understanding the four-day work week. I think 100 years ago when they were discussing the five-day work week, they were having the same conversations. Um, But no one alive then is alive now to go. Lesson learned was, so we're going to repeat this pattern. Look, I, I think it's, I'm with Graham, I think it's inevitable and I think there's some positives in it. And positives for families. Mm, yeah, I love that. Yeah, love that perspective. Thanks, thanks for that, John. And Danette, final thoughts on understanding the four-day work week. Yeah, love, love this conversation. Um, and to your point, Jez, around you know we wouldn't have had this pod- podcast without our sort of flexible working arrangements. You're again coming back to our brain comes up with best ideas not when we're under pressure and working really hard. It's when we're in the breaks, when we're with family, when we're just relaxing. And so given the world is moving more to, we want team members who are creative, innovative, um, they need space. And space doesn't happen when you're at work under under the pump. So having that extra day a week to be able to just hang out with family members or do whatever you love to do, really does allow for people's brains to work more effectively. And I think employers, and we certainly have seen this, will get way more benefit out of that than they really actually realise. So for me, I think it's it's really important. And you know, yesterday we ran a workshop and everyone was exhausted. They were working enormous hours. And it was really like really sad because one, when you're in that space, you can't see a way out. Whereas when you've got, you know, here's my week, here's my three days at the end of that week to be able to come back and do fun things, relax, do the family things, et cetera, maybe even cleaning. Notice my face. <laughs> then I think that's that's a win-win, not just for the organisation, I think for communities um, because people have more time to volunteer, et cetera. And I think as Graham said, you know, it makes people happier, people nicer, people we're kinder, we're more compassionate and I wish we could go back a hundred years and ask that question that John asked, because I bet there'd be, you know, there'd be some really good lessons in that as well. It's a great topic. Thank you, Jez. Thank love you, John it. and Graham too. Yeah. Thank you all so much. Great podcast. I loved this podcast. I learned so much. Uh, so I want to thank all of you. Uh, so Graham has actually suggested next week's topic. And I want to announce that now, because if you have any questions, you will be able to ask them on Spotify. So next week's topic is on experiencing awe. So if you have any questions about that, please send it through. Just jump on the Spotify app, find the pod, this podcast that you're listening to right now, and there'll be a little section that says uh, questions, and you can put them in there. So hopefully we hear from you. We have been uh, having a lot of listeners, so we've really enjoyed that. I want to thank everybody for being on the podcast today. Great, great episode. I want to thank John for that amazing anchor plug earlier. Um, that was, that's just podcasting skill right now. Um, and I want to thank uh, all of all of the people that were on today, Danette, John and Graham. Great, great podcast. And to everybody at home, have a magical week. Thanks, Thanks, Jess. Jess. Thanks, Thanks John. Jess. Thanks, Thanks, Graham. Thanks, Thanks, John. Great stuff.